0: Welcome to Red Team TV, sponsored by Red Team Thinking. Bad leaders react, good leaders plan and great leaders think. Each week, we bring you new ideas and insights from business leaders, military leaders and thought leaders, ideas and insights that will help you think more deeply and lead more effectively so that you can better navigate your complex world. Here again are your hosts, best-selling business author and top-rated leadership speaker, Bryce Hoffman, and former Royal Air Force Wing Commander and business agility coach, Marcus Dimbleby.
1: Hello and welcome to the show. I am Bryce Hoffman, president of Red Team Thinking and author of the book, Red Teaming. I am joined as always by... Hello there, Marcus Dimbleby, vice president at Red Team Thinking, and great to be back in the studio, which we are, you may notice that we are not on separate rooms as we normally are. We are, in fact, together here at WorkHive Studios in East London, in person, recording our first in-person episode. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. How are you doing, Marcus? Marcus? I'm doing great, mate. It's great having you. We rarely are able to do since the (laughs) pandemic started, which is reach across the table and shake hands. Indeed. And we've been doing a lot of that, folks, uh, for the past several weeks, because I've been here in the UK with Marcus. And what a busy, action-packed, fun-filled few weeks it has been.
2: It sure has, hasn't it? I mean, talk about having an opportunity to get you across the pond and make something of it. So we've had... Real busy week in London. You took some time out, and then we tracked north and went to Edinburgh and had a great time there. And obviously, we're now back in London. So what we want to do today, Bryce, is talk about what we've been doing. Indeed. So why were you here? What was the incentive? Apart from coming to see your buddy and Coming partner, to see you. Of
1: course. Why well, come all the way? Well, Marcus, I came over here because my UK publisher, Little Brown, has relaunched Red Teaming, my book. Uh, that launched Red Team Thinking and, and launched our, this show, Everything That We Do. And so it was a really exciting opportunity to reconnect with some old friends, to connect with some new friends, to meet with some of our, our clients in person that we've only been working with, at least I've only been working with remotely uh, since the pandemic began, and meet with some exciting new clients as well. So we've uh, we've done a lot. I even had a chance to take a week off in the midst of it and enjoy beautiful Scotland. And uh, where did we begin? It's, I, I've been here
0: for,
2: for several I'm weeks now. I'm <laughs> trying to remember, where, where did we start? It's been a bit of a blur, hasn't it? And casting our mind back to that. So we started off back in the beginning with a couple of days, really, you know, acclimatizing to the UK weather, catching up, and, you know, going to see some clients. Yes. Uh, as you said, face-to-face meetings are phenomenal. And It is. You know, how you, I don't think you realize how much we miss it. Right. You know, two years of Zoom, you know, walking around like doing the little box for everybody. Oh, that's what you look like. But then to meet people in the flesh, to shake hands, to have that good discourse and challenging conversations with each other, worth its weight in gold. So we did that for a couple of days before the main sort of program kicks off.
1: And, and that's that's an important point because, you know, I think like a lot of people, I, I've kind of gotten into this this rut of feeling like, well, you know, it's, you can do everything remotely. It's, you, you know, you don't need to to hassle with international air travel and, and, and international air travel is, let's be <laughs> honest, increasingly a hassle. You've got to get home yet. Yeah. yeah. I, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, a lot of red teaming needed at Heathrow. Let me just say that right now. But, um, but it's not the same, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's awesome. great that we can, we can do this. It's great that we can connect with people around the world in real time, but it's not the same as sitting in the same room with people having a bite with people, just, just going to the pub with people chatting with people face to face. So it's, it's been exciting for me to get out and to be doing that. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing it more in other places.
2: Absolutely. Um, For those who listen will know, one of my favorite sayings is life's about relationships. And it was really fortunate for me to be able to rekindle one of those relationships with a great gentleman I know called Jim Fox, who we worked with Uh, when I was ex-military. Jim was SO15, and we were doing a lot of work on the Olympics in 2012. And we've always kept in touch. And then Jim came through our course about 18 months ago, met Bryce, but again online. And then as soon as I told him Bryce was coming over, Jim's a member of the police association. He said, I've got the treat for you guys and Bryce is going to love this. So, on the Tuesday night first week here, we took Bryce along to the Tower of London and he came back with his head still attached and we got to go to a private session of the changing of the keys ceremony, which
1: is for those who haven't ever seen it is spectacular. Amazing. So Bryce, how was well, that, sir? We did we did not we we not only got to go to the changing of the keys, we got to go to the the private Club of Yeoman's the the Waters Water. and yeah. hang out with them before the event and after the event. It was amazing just getting to, to, to chat with the Beefeaters, to see this amazing ceremony that's been going on for hundreds of years, to have a great conversation with Jim, who, who's a phenomenal thinker, phenomenal red teamer, and a great guy. And also, the coolest thing for me was when we left, just to be able to walk out of the Tower of London by ourselves, unescorted, and late at night, yeah. no tourists around, and uh, as slowly as you wanted to, as long as you didn't trigger any alarms. That was pretty amazing. And I, you know me, Marcus, I'm a huge history buff. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Anglophile as well. And so uh, it was really special. And uh, And that was just the beginning. We did a lot of other stuff too. I think the next day, was also special because uh, I got to give a talk at Whitehall. Indeed. So we ventured down to
2: Whitehall, uh, one Horse Guards Avenue straight across from the MOD's main entrance, where, again, through relationships, uh, we understood that Richard Kilgariff of Book Homey was interested in the Book Red teaming, and again, through our partnerships with Rebellion Defense, all the planets aligned through meeting each other previously, and they said, why wouldn't you come along? Uh, that had Daniel Kahneman there a few weeks oh, earlier.
1: That, so. that was a little daunting <laughs> Exactly. to follow out, that one. To, to follow Daniel Kahneman, I was hoping there was going to be another speaker in between <laughs> <laughs> just to lower the bar a little. Dr. Bit. Kahneman and myself just to kind of like, you know, level set. But yeah. unfortunately there wasn't. It was also it was just daunting to sign the book after him as the, uh, the speaker's book, but what a great group. Yeah. And what what a great group of people from government, from military and and from business who who really are grappling with some of the thorniest issues in the world right now, who are grappling with the VUCA world we always talk about, with volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, and hyperconnectivity, and who have so many great ideas about how to deal with this, but are also looking for more. And the way that they responded to what I was able to share about red team thinking was really powerful and and as a result of that we've had we've had a lot more meetings with folks who were at that event too and some still to come great group of people really I you know I, I always love having an opportunity to help people who are in government service and in the military because they're they're trying to help everyone you know yeah. and they're doing their best against it really powerful headwinds right now in the world and so that was really. Really kind of cool and a great place to be, I mean. Yeah, yeah.
2: it was literally a fireside chat. Beautiful offices, beautiful big fireplace, leather chairs, and just a great engaged group of people in the audience. I just want to recount one of the questions. We won't name names, but having talked about red team thinking, someone said, how do we enable red team thinking for society? And quick as a flash, Bryce just thought about it and went, make it part of the national curriculum. Yeah. Teach our children this capability because they all have that as natural little contrarians, as we all know, if you're parents. But how do you make that part of the system that instead of conformity, you're starting to teach people how to think and not what
1: critical to think? Critical thinking. Yeah, make critical thinking. I'm not talking about our proprietary stuff. I'm mean, not trying to trying to create a business case for no. for, for red team thinking for, for, for secondary schools, but just making basic critical thinking skills part of the educational curriculum. You know, you look at it survey after survey. Business executives, government leaders around the world say that what is lacking, what they struggle the most to find and what they increasingly need is applied critical thinking, is basic basic cognitive skills. And and yet schools are not teaching that. They're teaching it less than they used to. And so I absolutely, I, I, I mean that in all seriousness. I mean, if I could, if I could, You know, make one king for a day decision in the world. It would be to make basic critical thinking part of the curriculum of every school in every country in the world. It would have such a positive impact. It would lead to some difficult discussions in some places, no doubt. But those discussions, I have no doubt, would be better for every society. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I was
2: chatting to the publisher about, you know, why are we, why are you looking to re release Red Team Thinking? And they said, We're watching the news. We're seeing what's going on in the world in business. Critical thinking is now the essential capability and the World Economic Forum, Future of Work 2020 survey, they said that critical thinking was the most essential skill set for now and the future, but it's also the most lacking as Bryce said, you know, it's, it's not in these CVs and resumes that big directors and executives are looking to recruit for. So the sooner you can get people, children thinking this way and advancing that ability to challenge, but comfortably, You're not not disagreeing for the sake of it. You're doing it in an agreeable fashion. I think that's such a powerful way to go forward with people and society.
1: Well, and we saw it the next day with uh, the business agility event we did, right? Absolutely.
2: So following the Whitehall trip, we we dashed across the Thames to the south side, where our wonderful partners at FDM HQ at the Cotton Center, right beside the Thames, HMS Belfast, beautiful office overlooking that stunning scenery. Uh, We did a, a panel event. Which was titled Unlocking Business Agility
1: Through Adaptive Leadership and Critical Thinking. That was amazing. I mean, there there was a whole bunch of people from different companies, different industries, and with so many great questions about how do you how do you lead effectively in today's complex and rapidly changing world? And I think that that we were able to offer some some good insights ourselves, and there are some other great panelists we had. Absolutely,
2: uh, VJ, uh, the CEO of Pindrop, came along, and we had uh, John from NatWest Group came along, and just having these individuals, also, um, and also Sophie from Shell. Yes. So we had you know three very diverse groups: you know, startup, big oil and gas company, big banking group, myself, Bryce, and a, and a mix of seventy plus people in the audience from all different industries. Yeah. But everybody has that same challenge. Just as we're talking about government and military, everybody's facing this, you know, how do we deal with complexity? How do we deal with a fast-moving workplace, multiple inputs coming in on a daily basis? And it's no longer the capability of a single super CEO or a single C-suite. You've got to start engaging your amazing people and unleashing them to innovate, to be creative, and have a voice and also be listened to. And I think that's a struggle that many organizations are facing into right now.
1: Yeah, and you know, I it's 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 so interesting because there's such a there's such a powerful desire I see amongst leaders to skill up mm-hmm. and and get ready to lead their teams through this turbulence they that they're already encountering that they see is getting more and more acute every day. Yeah. So it's 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 great because people are not complacent. People are not at least the people we're working with are not sticking their heads in the sand. They're they're trying to grapple with these issues head on, and they want new approaches, new tools, new techniques to do that. And, and it's really a privilege to be able to help provide those
2: to people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cotter talks about a sense of urgency and, you know, how do you create this burning platform that people have struggled with in the past?
1: <laughs> Everybody's you know? platform is burning Exactly. Right now. And nowadays,
2: you look around your feet and there's flames everywhere. So the, that's there now, given the situation we're facing into. And It's certainly been accelerated by COVID, but look at what's already happening beyond COVID. You know, we all thought that was a monster two years ago and so many other events have happening since and will happen around the corner
1: next week. There's something unknown, but if you're looking, you can see that. Well, and talking about getting leaders those skills, getting them skilled up, the next day, and this is so cool, we led our first live in-person boot camp. Yeah. In two and a half years. The last one we did, the last Red Team Thinking Boot Camp we did, we didn't even call it the Bo- Red Team Thinking no, it was Boot crash Camp course. But a Crash Course. Yeah. Was here in London in March of 2020. And so it was only fitting that we hold our first live Red Team Thinking Workshop since the pandemic began back here in London, which is what we did. And what a great group we had there. Yeah, what a great group indeed. What I love about these groups is the different type
2: of people that show up. You know, Mm -hmm. I I call it the oxymoron. They're all like-minded contrarians, which is kind of weird. But these people are individuals who have a desire to challenge and want to, and they feel quite isolated. And they come to these training sessions and realize that it's not just them. There's other people out there, and it's normally a lot more people than that you first realize. And this group came along. We we had some of our guests. FDM came along and joined us. We had some people from MOD, people from the the legal world. People from what other industry? That government government branches of government. Yeah, we had a former miner from Zimbabwe come along, who is now mining engineer, mining engineer, yeah, Yeah. and a business analyst now. And it's just great to see the the diversity of people in the room, and with that, you get what we're really passionate about is unleashing diversity of thought, and then enabling that throughout the tools and techniques. Such a powerful outcome,
1: and as 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 always happens because you know in our boot camp we teach. A few simple tools that are foundational to the rest of what we teach, but they're tools that people can take and use right away, like think, write, and share. And as always happens, after we did the workshop, within a couple of days, we were getting emails from people who had been in the workshop saying, I already tried this. I'm already using this with my team. It's working yeah. great. It's really making a difference. So that's that's really exciting. This class was a great group of people. All of the classes we do, we have a great diverse group of people. And what was really cool is the next thing we did was have a dinner for many of our graduates from our full red team leader course. Yeah. Some of whom came from the continent, came from the Netherlands, Netherlands. came from Germany, came from Scotland, a whole other country I've learned. And, uh, uh, and then obviously from here in the UK. And it was so great to m- meet people who we've been working with for two years in some cases now, who've been through our full training program, who've worked with us, who've even helped us work with some of our clients around the world. But we got to meet them for the first time. And that was that was such a such a joy and it's such it a is. privilege.
2: It is. And you meet people and it's like, I've never met you before, but you feel like you have. And it's like, right. I'm sure I've known you. I've known you for two years, but- Having that, again, going back to that face-to-face interaction. But then also, after the boot camp, you know, online, you normally just finish and disappear. To then be able to then go out and socialize, enjoy dinner together, and carry on the conversation. Included some of the people who went to this boot camp came came along from the class as well. And, you know, bringing those together with red team leaders who've done this. So, you know, the the individuals who've just gone through that initial boot camp to then be able to not only talk to us, but then talk to other people who've gone through the full program and also understand how they've been using it in their life, in their employment, and working with us, Right, it's just a great way of sharing and you know, even further understanding of what we're trying to achieve with this. It was so cool. Well, and that
1: uh, was still, we're still on our first
2: week that and I am also here. also, where were we overlooking, though, from that restaurant? What? The Tower of London, wasn't it? What a sight! Oh, yeah, we could see it across London the way. London Bridge, Tower Bridge, and again, stunning views of the amazing city of London. But where do we go the next day?
1: Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll tell you. Absolutely. Are you a red team thinker? Are you the person in the room who is always asking the tough questions? Do you see what others don't? Do you find yourself muttering, I told you so too often after plans have gone awry because nobody listened to your good idea? If so, then you might be. Take our free assessment and find out. There's a link to it in the notes below. I can't wait to see how you score. Welcome back. So the next day, we went back to Whitehall, where we had a great meeting with one of the folks we work with there who filled us in on all the different red teaming initiatives that the Ministry of Defense is working on right now, um, which is really exciting because as he explained to us, they're they're trying to develop and spread this capability throughout the ministry at all sorts of different levels from the civilian leadership at Whitehall to training for military officers and just just really kind of making red teaming a core capability of the Ministry of Defense, which is I thought was really exciting. I think it's brilliant. And this all stems from having
2: an effective challenge. You know, we've seen so many things nationally that have occurred, incidents and national responses to them and the failings of them in the reports have identified, you know, where was the red teaming? Where was the war game? And it's this lack of challenge because of the many reasons we talk about that's not happening. So many of these organizations are now formally creating this capability within their people to challenge, but to do so in a collegiate, professional, and effective, well-intended way, which is what every organization needs, not just governments and militaries.
1: Yeah, and the other thing we talked about to that point was Ukraine. And one of the things that I'm really excited about, as you know, Marcus, is the work we've been doing in the midst of all this, uh, helping, trying to help the Ukrainians' uh, military to deal with the tremendous challenge that they're facing right now, and and help them develop a really capable officer corps uh, that can that can defend their country. And that's that's a real privilege to be able to do that, even help in a small way with that. And our yeah. we've got our 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 military uh, team leaders. Uh, Kevin Benson, Michael Sullivan, both retired U.S. Army colonels. Uh, Sulev Suvari, a retired U.S. Army lieutenant colonel who are working with them right now that we've been working with. And and it's just been really a powerful example, I think, of how these approaches can be used in the the real world in the most extreme circumstances. absolutely. It's just the effectiveness of these tools and
2: techniques and the mindset shift that allows you to look at things from a very different perspective and look at things that are often unknown, but you can make them known without forecasting and future predictions of what might happen given the situation around us. So that was pretty much the wrap up for London. And then uh, a very tired Mr. Hoffman deserved <laughs> a week off. So we let I him did. fly north.
1: I haven't taken a real <laughs> vacation, uh, honestly, like a real vacation since COVID started. So my wife and I went up and spent a, a week in Scotland, which was wonderful. And uh, I, I learned there that a mountain is a bend, that a, a uh, creek is a burn, and that summer is the Scottish word for winter. <laughs> it often feels that way. <laughs> but it's a wonder, wonderful trip. And then we ended up in Edinburgh. We did. Where so it was I back to up. work.
2: Yeah. So I flew up on the Sunday to meet Bryce uh, for a few days up in Edinburgh, where we kicked off. Again, hosted by the fabulous Napier University Business School, uh, pre-time up there. Thank you, Ken Sir. Yes. Lovely to meet you. And we ran a short course that morning, didn't we? With both staff from the Napier University, mm-hmm. which was great to get their insights. The National Health Scotland and Public Health Scotland
1: individuals came along. Great group, and uh, again, people who are dealing with some really tough issues. And, and are trying to do their best to respond to the complexity, respond to the challenges that they're dealing with, looking for tools, looking for help in doing that. And again, it was great to be able to, to help provide a little bit of that. And then to hear their feedback. You know one, one of the things that, that was great is that, that Pratan was on uh, came to another event we did, which we'll talk about in a second, um, the next day. And, and someone who, who knew he'd been through our course, and, and heard us talking about how immediately applicable these tools are asked him as part of a panel discussion <laughs> so pratan you Incredible know question. have you been able to use any of these tools yet and he said he had and that's and that's just really great yeah. and he talked about how he day. was yeah the next day yeah absolutely
2: <clears throat> so that was the morning and then the afternoon we did our second not to leave Scotland out we thought we'd done our first live boot camp back again in england and then we did our second one in Scotland
1: for an open enrollment class where we had another a great diverse group really of great group of people coming along and, and you know it, again people from from national health services Scotland yep. people from business people from came over from the continent yep. um, and uh, some some other great thought leaders as well and uh, it, again it's 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 great to be able to do these things in person it's great to be able to do them online it's interesting as we talked about the last time we did a live in person workshop was here in London back in March of 2020 and i was i was supposed to be here longer for, to continue working with some of our clients and had to cut my trip short because air travel was being suspended from the UK to the United States and on my last day in London we met at right. the at the my hotel, the Royal Horse Guards, and we commandeered a room and we we spent my last few hours in London trying to figure out how we were going to move our business, which had been entirely live and in person up to that point, online. And we, of course, because we we practice what we preach, we red teamed it. Yeah. And at the time, one of the biggest concerns that we came up with when we when we looked at this when we tried to figure out what what the challenges we might deal with would be, was how do we keep the interaction of our live workshops going when we're doing things remotely and we're doing them online. Well, fast forward to a half years later. And now the thing that we're struggling with is how do we keep the interaction going that we developed through online tools and online learning, which has allowed us to kind of double down on some of our tools and make them even more interactive Yeah. How do we keep that going now that we're back in a physical learning environment? And so it was a bit of a challenge, but it was also an opportunity to rethink some things. And it worked out well. And it really shows that there's there's positives and negatives for every type of instruction. You have to really just focus on what works in which medium.
2: Yeah, I think that's a lot of the problem in the learning world is, you know, because digital and technology is there, doesn't mean you put all your training and learning through that mechanism. By all means, it's great for initial absorption of some of the mechanics of learning, but that interaction. And you can use digital for that, as we've done. The tools we use, Mural, Mentimeter, highly interactive. You can anonymize them, and they're very quick. and obviously, But you can replicate all of that in the classroom. It just takes a little bit more time, but that's the whole point. You have that interaction, and you can obviously use people's social aspects for the benefit of the learning, which is great. So that was a really, I thought, an effective introduction back into us for the classroom and for people. And what I loved was talking about relationships. An individual who I did a flying scholarship with when I was age 17, he's now the director of Bristow SAR group, Search and Rescue Helicopters, came down. Neil, what a great guy. Indeed. And we're running a program with those guys later in the year. But just to meet again after so many years and, A, share what we've both been doing, but to get these tools out on the table
1: and get people's input was just phenomenal. It was Such a pleasure. It was great. And to, to that point is, is, once again, we had an opportunity to do a, a dinner and a meetup with several of our Scottish Indeed. red team leaders. It was great to, to work with Mark and Craig and Evelyn yeah. and Donald and, and to, to get to see these people in person again who we've worked with for years and and been. only just met. And uh, that was a lot of fun, too. We, we had a great event at the top of uh, Johnny Walker, indeed. Evelyn, uh, <coughs> Evelyn knows everyone in in Edinburgh, if not Scotland, so it's we not learned the UK,
2: yeah. As we found out, so she'd booked a, a wonderful table at the uh, the Sky Bar at the Johnny Walker Experience, which was just a beautiful venue overlooking Edinburgh Castle and the rest of the city. So we all went there had a splendid evening, didn't we? Catching again, catching up in a social environment right. with some good people, and then following on from that, we had another unlocking business agility event the following day. Right. Where the Future of Work Scotland, again, great colleagues and friends of ours, Sathpal, Pal, who runs that, we've been chatting to and talking to what him. What a great guy. I know, for quite a while. Uh, they said, hey, we'd love to host an event uh, for you guys coming up. So, along with Global uh, Logic, who hosted and provided the event, uh, Sath Pal set up. Again, a wonderful first live meetup event in two and a half years for the Future of Work in Scotland. Really well attended yeah. too. I know, we were, we were all a bit worried about how many people were gonna come because it was streamed online as well. So a lot of people dialing in from overseas, but we had think, 46 people
1: showed up yeah. in the evening. Real good spread of diverse group. Yeah, and um, great questions. And so yeah, much really good. great conversation about the future of work, about the return to work, about red teaming the future of work. Yeah, And again, people just really wanting to to not looking for answers, but looking for the tools that they need to uncover the answers yeah. themselves. People which thinking, is, yeah. yeah.
2: People thinking and wanting to ask, say, they don't want answers. They just want to be able to think and ask some questions of each other because that's how you get the answers. And if you get a great group of people who've got the experience, you've got some great ideas, just ask them the questions. right? And the answers you need are going to surface very quickly and having the cool. tools and techniques to do that.
1: It's what we always say. I firmly believe, and you know, from my time as a journalist, I've been literally inside hundreds of companies and then government organizations, militaries, all of the other stuff. Every organization that I've been in, the answers that they need to deal with the challenges that they're dealing with reside inside that organization. They don't need to hire expensive consultants to come in and tell them what to do. They just need tools to help their team surface the ideas that they have, to stress test those ideas, to move from divergent thinking to convergent thinking, so that the best idea can win, regardless of where it comes from in the organization. And and that's really what we're trying to provide with Red Team Thinking. And that's what people want, because they know it. They know the answers are in their organization. They just want to bring them up. Yeah, absolutely. And, And it's enabling that psychological safety. Uh, and we we, t- we
2: talked about this in Edinburgh that you know you don't need trust you don't need psychological safety because that often doesn't exist in many organizations where fear is part of the culture or where people just don't feel confident to speak up but you can create that by using tools and techniques that we 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 can provide and enable that create that anonymity that capability mm-hmm. where you can speak up and you know Bryce mentioned there doesn't have to come from you Verbally, it can come from you, but through a written capability, through a anonymized process. And then everybody starts to see the value. And very quickly, what that does is foster trust. And when people realize that, you know, you're coming together for the right reasons and together we are far more powerful, as we like to say, none of us is as smart as all of us. Exactly. And if you do that, trust starts to form very quickly and psychological safety then becomes the norm. And you don't need anonymized, you know, we we do this one or two days and before that, People don't want to speak after that. People don't shut up. They're quite confident, yeah, verbalizing what their thoughts are because they know it's going to be well received rather than, you know, beaten down for speaking up. And I think
1: that's that, that to me, that was the hunger that people want. Absolutely. You know, really need this, don't they? Absolutely. And we're not done. We've got the a few more I'm gonna be here for a few more days. We're gonna be meeting with more clients, more potential clients, and uh meeting with more of our red team leaders that we've been working with. So Looking forward to it. Indeed. Sir, it is great to be able to reach across the table and shake your hand. (laughs) Finally. All of you, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And keep asking the tough questions. Indeed. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Red Team TV, sponsored by Red Team Thinking. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and notification icon below so you don't miss the next idea-filled episode. If you prefer to listen on the go, subscribe to Bryce and Marcus's podcast, The Thinking Leader, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And don't forget to visit redteamthinking.com to learn more about Red Team Thinking work and Marcus and Bryce's upcoming online courses. While you're there, take our free quiz to find out how you rate as a Red Team thinker and if your organization has a Red Team culture. Because who thinks wins?